0: And welcome to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page with Denny Thompson. The hacker Ryan Green with you. Glad you are with us, Denny. The gigantic sigh of relief in Gator Nation after Saturday night, 2420, the Gators over the Miami Hurricanes uh, was a very ugly football game. Left a lot to be desired. We got a lot to get into, but at the end of the day, despite that, a win is still a win, and it's much better to be talking about a one and zero Florida Gator football team as opposed to the alternative. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it was um, hit the nail on the head. It's we both covered high school games this weekend, and those were executed at a higher level and played much better than what Florida the the show that Florida and Miami. Put on for us on Saturday night. It was um, it was atrocious. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. I I, I don't know any other way to put it. It, it was um, just wow, wow. And and you know it's funny because after all the trash that I talked,
0: <laughs> the sixty three to ten prediction. I did not or? say
1: sixty three to ten. That, that's just that's that's not true. Let me correct. I think you said forty one 17.
0: seventeen, but you thought it might be sixty three <laughs> to ten. Yeah.
1: After all the trash I talked, I sat there and I told JJ this last night on the sports den. Never in a million years did it even cross my mind that Florida could play that poorly. It never it, it crossed my mind that Miami could because of all the reasons we talked about. New yeah. coaches and all that kind of stuff, new staff, new quarterback, all that. Never crossed my mind that Florida would do what they did on Saturday night.
0: It was a crazy game. Uh, the, the end of the fourth quarter was just nuts. If you want to comment, Gator fans, feel free to send us your comments in the comment section right here on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians, uh, proving an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialists in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island and St. John's. And we certainly appreciate Southeast Orthopedic Specialists for bringing you this week's Gator Bites podcast.
1: Okay. Hold on, while you're watching, go ahead and hit like. Even if you don't like it, just go ahead and hit like. <laughs> hit us out. Just hit like.
0: There's no question about it. All right. We got a lot to talk about. We will begin with your thoughts on Felipe Franks. The entire offseason, we've talked about the improvement of Felipe Franks. Now, don't get me wrong. The throw to Josh Hammond was an outstanding throw. There were other throws that were very, very good and then there was whatever he did with four and a half minutes to go uh, with that interception, one of the worst throws, one of the worst decisions you'll probably ever see a SEC quarterback make. What did you make of the entire body of work of Gator quarterback Felipe Franks?
1: Uh, Film isn't as bad as game. I'll I'll say that. Not nearly as bad as game. Um, All right, let's start with the last throw. The last throw is a panic throw. We we talk about this. I, I train quarterbacks for a living. We talk about this all the time. A panic throw is when you're when when you think you want to go to a place and your body tightens up when you see it's not there. What what can you do from there? Are you in a position that with your base and your balance? And I'm not trying to get technical. I'm just I'm, and I'm not trying to give them excuses. I'm telling you what happened. Mm-hmm. Your eyes go to a certain place. The play call says this is what we want to do. We can talk about the play call all day. That may have been worse than the throw, but. You get over to that area and you have to be in, an, in a situation where you can redirect or you can react. And his body tightened up. And when your body tightens up, you're gonna throw. It's just gonna happen. And it, it's, it's, listen, it's the gravity of the moment. None of us can understand the gravity of that moment. You know, it's what, 70-something thousand people watching you and a game that has been anticipated forever, the emotions, everything. And, and yeah, we can say, well, nobody should do that, but it just happens every week. Every Saturday, every Sunday, every Friday night, we see a very good quarterback throw it to a wide open defender. Like it's just, it's not a, it's not a mental thing. It's a physical thing. They don't get their, they don't get their feet, and they don't get their body, and to a point where they can come off of that throw that they thought they were going to make pre snap. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to bore you with that, but I will say this: there are, there were things in that game that Felipe did mechanically going through progression and stuff like that, that Felipe did not do the first half of last year. It is no time to panic on Felipe Franks right now. I'm seeing people call for Emery after one game. Like, let this this thing play out. It it would have been nice for Felipe to be the leader and to go, look, we're playing like crud. Let's settle down and let me be the one to lead us through this. But he didn't. It's a lesson learned. And, I, you know, I'm still on the Felipe bandwagon.
0: Here's here's the thing, and I know some people like it. I know a majority of people that I've talked to do not like it. What is your take on Felipe's interaction with the TV cameras? Punting the ball into the stands after the game, uh, during the game, talking to, you know, the ESPN crowd about why do you continue to doubt me? I mean, the bottom line is this kid's got a gigantic chip on his shoulder, but at some point – is that chip going to prove to be a problem instead of a –
1: I don't care.
0: Yeah, but a lot yeah. of people do, though. That. That's I, the thing. I, I, you may not well, care. You ask
1: me my well, opinion. I, I
0: get it, but, okay, then why do so many Gator fans care?
1: I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, 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 I mean, it. <laughs> it's the dangest thing. It's like when he – that chip on his shoulder is what's gotten the guy to where he is. Let's, let's, let's not pretend like he's not at a high level. He's at the second to highest level you can be in his profession. Right. He can only go up one more level. That chip on his shoulder got him there.
0: I, I guess my point is if I see Trevor Lawrence doing that, or if I see Jake Fromm doing that, okay, you've probably deserved to talk into the camera a little bit. Has Felipe Franks performed to the point where he can talk like that and add that know. moxie and that vigor in that situation? I,
1: I don't know. I mean, he, you know, his last 13 games, he's 11 and 2.
0: Okay. right. I I, I mean, he's He's also been benched, ironically enough.
1: Well, I mean, okay. so take the last four games. If you want to go since the benching, he's been blights out since then. I I mean, with the exception of Monday night. Listen, here's the here's the thing is, is you want quarterbacks and I'm not saying you. I'm saying everybody. You want quarterbacks to be a um, to be a leader. The worst leadership is fake leadership. So to ask Felipe to be somebody he's not. So, you say, Felipe, I want you to calm down. I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. And so, now what do you get? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's better. I don't know. But I, I never – I don't – as long as you're not showing someone else up, as long as it is a, something that fuels you, then, okay, well then do whatever you want to do.
0: And, look, I mean, the bottom line is you can criticize Felipe all you want and a lot of Gator fans have. It's 20-17. to 17. There's 10 minutes to go in the ball game. And that throw to Josh Hammond was as pretty a throw as you're ever going to see. 65 yards, obviously changed the momentum of the game. couple of plays later, Felipe runs it in, makes it 24-20. No more points were going to be scored. So, Felipe Franks, I won't go as far as to call it a great comeback, but nevertheless, it counts as a fourth-quarter comeback. He brought the Gators back in the fourth quarter after trailing now, to ultimately beat that's the where, Miami Hurricanes. Now, that's
1: where, yeah, I mean, I, I think – Every bit of credit goes to that D-line for oh, any, sure. for, for everything sure. on this. Like, I'm not trying to be a Felipe Franks homer um, at all. All I'm simply saying is it's one game. Right. I guess a good defense.
0: Now, let me ask you this. A good defense. Let's get to the running game.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Michael
0: P. Ryan, I think, has a lot of talent. I think Damian Pierce has a lot of talent. Once Malik Davis starts to get going, I think there's something there as well. But my goodness, Denny, there was nothing going on no. in the Gator rushing attack. What was it, 28 carries for 50 yards? They gained less than six feet per carry in that game. Uh, That's not going to work once you get into the heart and the meat of that Southeastern Conference schedule.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you you think that what you saw on Saturday night are the Florida Gators of 2019?
0: I I hope from the defensive line perspective that it is. I mean, do you think as
1: a team, do you think that's going to be the theme going forward? And Facebook Live, do y'all think – Cause there's a couple of you saying like because I actually took up for Felipe, y'all are saying stuff like buy and total BS. I'm out. Like okay, whatever. What do y'all do? What are we gonna do? But do y'all think that that's what you're gonna see from the Florida Gators in 2019? The 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 biggest jump, and we said this last week um, on some other things. The biggest jump between for for improvement at every level is between week one and week two. Yeah. Okay. You're the only game being played. All eyes are on you. It's a rivalry game that hasn't been played in a long time. Do you believe that what you saw is what you're going to see week after week here?
0: No, I I think there'll be improvement. You better not see four turnovers again. No. You turn the ball over four times in Lexington in a couple of weeks, you, you probably won't beat them. Um, Florida had the benefit of playing a team in Miami that had a great defense and an absolutely horrific offensive line, and a very young quarterback. If they had anything resembling an average offensive line, Florida probably loses that game. On Saturday night. Okay, let
1: me rephrase the question. Is there anything you're hitting the panic button on right now?
0: No, no. But my concern level about the offensive line as far as the rushing attack goes is up a little bit from where it was beforehand. And now here's the thing about Florida's schedule. And here's the thing of what we've talked about, okay? Florida now is off this week, okay? They play Tennessee Martin. They're going to win that game. You got at Kentucky. You got home against Tennessee. You got home against Towson. So, to me, Denny, Florida might have played their toughest opponent before Auburn rolls in, before LSU comes calling in early October. So the Gators should be 5 and 0. They're going to be 4 and 1 at the absolute worst. Beating Miami was great. You file that in the memory bank and where we are in today's day and age in college football, it's survive and advance. That's all it is. Yeah. When you're a team like Florida in the SEC, it's not about brownie points anymore. It's not about passing the eye test. If you win all your games, You're going to the college football playoff. You survive and advance, and that's what the Gators did. But the rushing attack concerns me, and we talked all week about these great wide receivers. Let me ask you, the quarterback guru you are, Denny Thompson, who uh, has six points here in Jacksonville, works with all the quarterbacks in the region uh, locally, even on a national basis at the Elite 11 camps. Let me ask you, why, in your opinion, after all the talk about the wide receivers all offseason long, did Florida only really take four I, shots down the field? Man,
1: I, I, I don't know. I brought this up last night on the Sports Den as well. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was a thing of – we're not sure about our offensive line.
0: Maybe I mean you got to give those wide receivers but a chance to make a
1: play. You do, and I think that goes hand in hand with the running game too, right? Is you're going to have to back those guys off, and yeah. and you've got the receivers to do it. I think you said they took four shots, right? And if I'm not mistaken, in all four scenarios, something good happened. Well,
0: they got pass interference on one. Hammond caught on two. the deep ball on two. Now the first play of the game was caught and it was out of bounds. Right. Um, okay. And then uh, okay. Hammond had the 65 yarder, yep. and I guess they had two pass interference calls. And then yeah.
1: and then the interception. Not the terrible one, but the one before that in the middle of the field. Right. That, that, that wasn't even intended for that receiver. I don't even know what that receiver was doing in that area. That had to be a miscommunication. If you look behind the guy, where Felipe was going, dude was wide open.
0: Uh, yeah, he was. And, and look, a couple of things. I think Felipe missed Grimes on what would have been a touchdown um, from about 15 yards out. I also think you throw the ball twice to Kyle Pitts, the tight end, two really good things happen. Here's an idea. Start throwing that young man the ball some more. Well, and
1: I think that's the thing that they go back and they look at the film and and you say things like that. You say like, oh, my gosh, we only took four shots downfield. Why didn't we take more shots downfield? Or you or they've got the all-22 view and they look at it and they say, we were open downfield, uh, Felipe, why didn't you throw it? I have watched not the all-20, not the coaches film, but I have watched the offense only. And I'm just – and y'all can get on to me on Facebook all you want to. But I can tell you right now that is not nearly as bad as all of our emotional states left us with Felipe um, from Saturday night. It's just not. It, it, it's he made mistakes. He short armed some throws. He did some things that hopefully he'll get fixed. But in the big scheme of things, it wasn't an F performance. It was more like you know a C.
0: Yeah, you passed. You won the game. yeah.
1: Look,
0: it, 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 it's a lot easier to complain about a win than it would be to say, oh, they look great in a loss. I'd much rather complain about a Gator victory than say, oh, you know what? That was a very pretty defeat. They suffered at the hands of the Miami Hurricanes. Defensively, we'll get to the D-line in a moment. They were incredible. Let's start with the bad first. You've been coaching football 20, 25 years, being a coach, player, etc. cetera. Football's been a big, big part of your life. On fourth down and 34, okay? <laughs> and what I love, and I, I do, I love this. Oh, that's coaching. No, that's not coaching. If you're Marco Wilson, you've played pee wee football, Pop Warner, junior high school, high school, you've been a college athlete now for 2 years. It's not coaching. On 4th down and 34, you know not to touch the wide receiver. That was
1: ridiculous. Well, you know two things. You know one, not to let the receiver get behind you. That's that's number 1. Um and two is don't interfere. Ugh. Like that, you even know a third one, which is don't intercept it, bat the ball down. It's fourth down, right? Those are the three things that's a DB you've been taught since middle school. Don't let the receiver behind you bat the ball down. Do not get a pass interference. That was unbelievable, unbelievable. and it wasn't a questionable call. No, it, it, it was it was well, the, blatant. The
0: best part was, and he started complaining about it. It was obvious pass interference. Now I, I won't fault Trey Dean because I thought Trey Dean maybe got his feet tangled up with the wide receiver on third and twelve. The next interference. Uh, which still, I mean, you know, that's a terrible thing too to give him another first down. But it's almost as if Florida's secondary was trying to hand Miami the ball game mm-hmm. again. Fourth and thirty-four. How you commit pass interference there is beyond me. Now, I thought the Big Twelve officiating but crew was bad as well.
1: Here's the thing. About, oh, they were terrible. Yeah. But here's the thing. You you learn how you tackle somebody, and you're not even in that situation. You you just tackle. And that game's out of hand. That's I think that's the frustrating thing for Florida fans right now is we don't – we played a game and we don't know who this team is. Yeah. Like you and, and I think Miami fans can probably say the same thing is that game was played and nobody knows what their team is like from there. Um. You know, it, it's just – it's almost like it didn't happen. You know, other than in the record book, like you said, it's a win.
0: This is Gator Bites. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians. Listen for Dr. Kevin Murphy on Thursday mornings here on 1010XL and on the Friday Night Lights with me, yours truly. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located in Riverside, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. You can visit them online by going to seortho.com. Dot com, and we certainly do appreciate Southeast Orthopedic Specialists for bringing you Gator Bites here on the 1010XL.com podcast network. I love
1: the interaction on Facebook, so can we get a couple of these? Yeah, man. Uh, there's, Absolutely. Catherine says, there's a lack of discipline. Don't think the players are respecting Mullins and the other coaches. That's where it starts. I agree. I, I don't know... Yeah, I think that's a fine line. It's a rivalry game. It's there's something about when two Florida teams play each other. These guys grew up going to camps together, all that kind of stuff. There's going to be chirping. There's going to be extra action. But they at don't the same respect
0: time. Mullen, though.
1: Well, I mean, you your show of respect is how you behave for somebody, right? Yeah. So I can tell you I respect you, but if I go out and do all the things that you're telling me not to do, I don't respect you.
0: All right. I mean, I don't know. I hear you, and I hear Catherine on on Facebook. I Matthew, mean, you can go. I don't know if Marco Wilson doesn't respect Dan don't Mullen for committing Catherine, pass interference.
1: Catherine, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I don't think that's what she's talking about. I I, I think it's just the stupid, like, I mean, we hit the kicker out of bounds for crying out loud. Well, On the field goal, yeah. Like, I mean, who hits a kicker out of bounds? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think that's fair. Dale says, what about last year's Kentucky game? Y'all are delusional. I don't know what we're delusional about, but what about last year's Kentucky game? Because I look at the Kentucky game last year as a point of improvement. I look at a Kentucky me walking out of a stadium, Against Kentucky, going, oh my gosh, we may not win four games the rest of the year. To that, really not having a repeat of a dominance, like being dominated up front the way they did Kentucky. Like there was a ton of improvement from that. I hope we improve from this the way we improve from well, Kentucky. Yeah,
0: and look, the way the schedule is, look, I'm not saying it's not going to get ugly and there's not going to be some rough times ahead in October and November. But guys, it's Tennessee Martin. It's at Kentucky. Kentucky's your only road game for a month. And then it's home against Tennessee, home against Towson. So you should be five and zero. You're expected to be five and zero at this point. Miami was probably your toughest opponent until that stretch of LSU, Auburn, South Carolina, and Georgia. And if Florida remains in the top ten-ish, if they get to five and zero, wouldn't surprise me, Denny. If they're number four, number five, yeah, By win. the time that LSU game rolls around, just
1: win. Donald says I think it was a perfect game for these players to figure out. Uh, what they have to do, I agree. I, I, I now see that's that's a perspective I can go all in on. Is if at the end of the day, there's Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson and 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 um, and uh, the defense coordinator uh, Todd Dave Grantham. God. Todd Grantham, it gives him really good film to to go back and go. Look, guys, this this is what's going on and this is what's keeping us, and it becomes a lesson, right? In what not to do, and that lesson is applied over the next 15 weeks. I completely agree with you, Donald.
0: we got to bring up the defensive line. we got to bring up the front seven. Jabari Zaniga, Ventrell Miller, uh, Grenard, the transfer from Louisville. That guy's a monster.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah.
0: Jeremiah Moon. I mean, I'm, I'm missing out a lot of guys. Uh, Adam Schuler. I mean, good heavens. At some point, didn't you feel a little sorry for Jaron nope. Williams? Nope. Because his offensive line <laughs> did him no favors whatsoever. I love Jaron.
1: Jaron's a great kid, but no, I never feel sorry well. for him. I mean,
0: ten sacks, Dad. That left
1: tackle was way out of his. Well, the
0: league. left, John Campbell, though the right tackle was out of his league too.
1: But at the end of the game, the left tackle wasn't even getting out of his stance. Yeah, it's it like bad. that dude just waved the white towels, like, look, I, I, I'm tired of getting my butt beat on national TV.
0: It's not going to be that good for the front seven every week, but there's obviously talent there, and if they stay remotely healthy, they should be pretty good the entire year.
1: Yeah, I, you're right. They should be. It. it that there are some positives that you can draw out of that game, and there's there's no doubt about it. And I think right now everybody's – because of how hyped up things were um, by by people like me, um, I think everybody's looking at the negatives. Um, and I'm not a glass-half-full guy when it comes to this stuff, but there are definitely some positives, and that's probably the single biggest one.
0: We're here every week on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL 10, 10 Facebook page every Tuesday morning, right about 1030 uh, Eastern Standard Time like we are right now. Gators are off this coming week, one of their three bye weeks. Tennessee Martin comes rolling in. You said earlier the biggest improvement comes between week one and week two. So in this instance, game one and game two. Apart from the obvious, which is Felipe, what do you hope to see the most improvement in between what we saw Saturday night in Orlando and what we'll see in the home opener in 11 days
1: execution, just plain and simple. Like Tennessee Martin's not going to put up a fight. No. We, we all know that. Um,
0: that's so, a, by the way, that's a terrible home opener and playing three weeks later is a terrible home game yeah. uh, Two horrific home games for season ticket holders. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it, it, is, what and, it is like that. Know.
1: I mean, what, what I want to see and what I think all Gator fans um, should be looking for is, is the execution at a, at a high level. And, and, one of the things that Dan Mullen has done a really good job of throughout his career is as the season goes on, his play calling gets better. And, and he doesn't stick to the same thing. Um, he'll find a rhythm, and he'll find out what his team is good at, and, and he'll hit you with that. We saw it last year, right? And, um, and, and I think, you know, or I hope that what we see against, against Tennessee Martin and then on into Kentucky and Tennessee is you see a little bit more of a rhythm. You see the timed shots down the field. Um, you see some more, you know, of how do we open up this running game? What What is it that opens up this running game for this offensive line? What what angles are they good at? Because the blocking, blocking in, in football is all about angles, right? And so what angles are our guys excelling at? Where can we put the ball? What formations can we use to run? What personnel can we use to run? Um, all that kind of stuff, and I I think that's the thing you look for these next couple of weeks is how does that start looking, how does that come about, and uh, and so I do think there are things you can look for to see improvement, even though you're playing somebody who is obviously way overmatched.
0: Wrapping up Gator Bites really quick, taking a look around the country this week, Gators are off, still some pretty interesting games. Uh, Auburn and Oregon I think has a chance to be very interesting. Uh, Here in Jacksonville, Florida State, Boise State, I think potentially could be a very interesting game. What game or two will you have your eye on, considering the Gators are enjoying a bye week?
1: Certainly not Alabama-Duke, but uh, Alabama.
0: Yeah, the Chick Fil A game, Alabama-Duke.
1: You can Go get a ticket for like ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I think the biggest one is that Auburn-Oregon game because Auburn brings everything back. I mean, it, it's except for the quarterback. It's it's their. I think I want to say their entire offensive line is back. Their top two receivers are back. Um, all of their defensive front except for one is back, who's actually here in Jacksonville. Um, this team has a chance to be special. Uh, I, I don't know, and it's a great first test because you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Justin Herbert going against you. That's the one that I want to see. The problem is Auburn's schedule is brutal.
0: The entire the entire Western division of the SEC plays a brutal schedule.
1: Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M especially yeah. because they're out of conference games are or Oregon and Clemson. Right, they added those on top of that SEC West, so that's the one I'm going to be looking for. And then, obviously, just to be petty, I'm going to be watching Florida State, Boise State. I mean, I've got a quarterback at Boise State, but I want to see. I, I, I like – gosh, I'm going to get killed on here for saying this. I like the Florida State staff, personally. They're good guys. Um, I've got to know them really well.
0: It's worth repeating this is Gator Bites. Yes, I know. On the 10 But at the
1: same oh, time, I do a show every night with a huge Florida State former player. Yeah. Big
0: game, James Coleman.
1: And I want to see, does this game look like Virginia Tech last year? Or Or does Kendall Browse bring an improvement? I think every Gator fan is going to be, admitted or not, dialed in to Florida State, Boise State, and they're going to be going, okay, are we going to get a repeat from last year? We'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. We'll be back. We'll review the games this week. And next Tuesday, we'll look ahead to the big home opener Denny, when Tennessee Martin comes rolling in to Ben Hill Griffin (laughs) Stadium. That is Denny Thompson. You hear him every night on the Sports Den. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. You get me middays on XL Primetime. Both of us are a part of 1010XL and 92.5 FM radio in Jacksonville. Thank you again to Southeast Orthopedic Specialists for bringing you this edition of Gator Bites right here on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Have a terrific week, everybody.